Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of the Insights Podcast, an advice podcast for 20-somethings where I share the lessons of my life and highlight holistic health, joy, and travel for you all to laugh at, learn from, and hopefully gain some insight along the way. Today, we're really focusing on travel, but you know, joy and holistic health are always interwoven in. And I have a really special guest. I have someone I haven't personally connected with in what honestly feels like years and might actually be years, but someone that has known me since a little pipsqueak, AKA like 12 years old when I stopped growing, so truly, the peak of my life. Um, It's been over a decade. I'm so, so, so excited to have her with us and to catch up with her. So who I have is Laisa Duclos or Lie Meets the World on Insta. And with that, I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself. How are you doing, babe? Hi, it has been, it has been years. It's crazy. Um, But I've been doing well. I, I moved to Austin, which kind of explains that it's been years but yeah Um, I moved to Austin after graduation um have been working at Facebook I work in their legal and partnerships operations team oh she's Um, good look at her look at her the techie or whatever um Um, but yeah, that has been a whirlwind. I just hit my one year. Yes. Congrats. That's a huge milestone. Thank you. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like a year, but it also, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's gone too quick, but, um, it's been a lot, a lot of craziness going with the world, you know, Facebook changes with it. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to roll with the punches there. So that that has always been um, something to have like as a crazy day job. But yeah, <laughs> um, we're pushing. And so that that's that. And then I most recently um, started, you know, to like document my travels a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and just formalize it into just a travel page. I always just, um, I've always just like documented my travels in terms of like showing people where I am, um, what I like, and just like the highlights of everywhere I go. But now I'm, I'm more so trying to encourage people to, in this very crazy time, um, to look at the world in a more beautiful way. Um, it's very hard to do that. Um, especially when all the places that I love traveling to or have been to is really going to shit at this point, excuse my language. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's, it's been a crazy year so far um, of just like a lot of twists and turns, a lot of, a lot of moving and um, traveling around, but we're here, we're kicking, we're, we're trying to move through. (laughs) We're here. We're kicking. We are celebrating huge milestones. We're mm. obviously traveling, right? Native New Yorker goes to Austin. That <laughs> that in of itself is a hell of a trip, right? Um, and that's a travel. That's a whole shift. So yeah. you I mentioned that you- pandemic. It was it was not fun um, because like New York was under a strong shutdown. Austin, I never really felt like it fully shut down. 
Um, jury's still out on whether or not they're planning on shutting down. Okay. Um, but yeah, like moving during the pandemic was was not an easy feat because like um, everything was delayed. Uh, making sure that I, you know, get my get my couch, get my my bed, all that stuff is, you know, running on a different type of timeline. Um, so that was that was very difficult to do. But um, honestly, like I I couldn't have asked for like a better support system to like push me through it and and really help me like um, look at the bigger picture. Um, when I was like moving, my little brother came through. He helped me unpack things in a week. It was oh, so so cute. Great. <laughs> it was great because I had to like have those moments. That's awesome. Well, I love that for you. And I guess the first question, right, is like, why Austin? Yeah. Um, so I moved for work. Um, when I got the offer for Facebook, it was between Austin or the Bay Area. And honestly, I wasn't a fan of the Bay. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. take. That's a hot take. Wow. Okay. Um, it's the bay is expensive number one number two it's i i'm very big on mobility right like i'm i'm a new yorker i love to hop on a train or some form of moving vehicle to go from place to place i don't like the whole i can only do one thing a day kind of thing just Mm because like um it's you know it's going to take an hour to go from point a to point b yeah i I, I don't like it. So, and that's, that's the case with the Bay. It's the traffic is very bad that it doesn't matter if you're on in a train, it doesn't matter if you're going by car, by Uber, your commute is pretty long. And I, that didn't really sit well with my spirit. I couldn't really see that long term. <laughs> I so feel that it was upsetting me and my homegirls. So I, <laughs> so I could not, I, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't swing it. Um, I started thinking about things big picture that I wasn't really thinking about as an intern when I was there. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, can I see myself living here where I need to, you know, drive an hour to the turn up and then like at the end, like I'm lit, but I still need to drive an hour back home. Like I, yeah, no, we're off that. With the schedules, <laughs> so it wasn't then, giving. It wasn't giving. It was it was giving inconvenient. So, yeah. I, so I I very much uh, I knew nothing about Austin. I but I knew that I rather move to a city I don't know than a city I know I don't like. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to blindly choose Austin. I did a quick Zillow search to see like yeah. how much apartments cost. They were cheap. So I was like, it's a green light by me. I'm choosing Austin. Um, so, yeah. And how is that decision panning out for you? Do we like Austin? Do we love Austin? We like Austin. Austin's cute. We like, okay. <laughs> we okay. We like Austin. We do. Um, it's it's everything's very accessible. It doesn't take more than like fifteen minutes to get for, to another place. Like oh, that's beautiful. Um, and it's it's very lively. Um, I didn't expect it to be so lively. Like I said, 
jury's still out on whether or not Austin ever did a lockdown. Yeah. Um, but even under like COVID conditions, it's it's still a lively spirit. Uh, it's still a lively city. Um, mm-hmm. In that, like, there's always something to do. Um, one weekend you can be you can be in the city having drinks, like going to get brunch, and then maybe 30 minutes later you can head down to the vineyards, and oh. then and within another 30 minutes you can be you know at a river somewhere kayaking. Like, um, there's a lot of green space, which growing up in New York you don't get a lot of green. So that yeah, was- you're really pitching Austin to me. Like, I Thank I want to go now. I really no, want to pull like, up. I pull up girl pull up (laughs) um yeah she's cute like I think the the like quality of living here definitely was what I needed um during the pandemic when I knew that I could only see my the four walls of my house so Mm -hmm. I was just like okay um I need to create a space for myself where I'm not going crazy I don't feel confined Um, And I feel like with Austin, like, it's nice um, in that, like, I have a balcony. So, like, I can go outside without, you know, having to, like, deal with people um, and stay COVID safe. And, you know, like, I have a big enough space where I can move around and not feel like I'm trapped. So I think Austin gave me that in a way that living in the Bay just would not have done that. Living in New York was not doing that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a nice change of pace. It's what I needed when I needed it. I love that. So I'm hearing all of this positive kind of alignment, right, about Austin and you. But there are a couple things that you said that I think really transition us into kind of this main segment, right? A deep dive into traveling. You said that you don't like feeling confined, which also like mood. Um, <laughs> but you also mentioned this idea of I'd rather go to an entirely new place than a place I know I dislike. And I think that in and of itself really shows that kind of traveler instinct, that traveler energy where you're like, I'd rather go somewhere new, right? That doesn't cause fear, but rather causes excitement. And so my first question more so is like, what what really sparked that love of traveling and you know, this passion of like showing people the world through the beauty that you see? Um, I think mainly it's, I, I only knew Brooklyn growing up, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, and I didn't only just like know all of Brooklyn. I knew Flatbush at me. (laughs) Like that that was my world. Right. And, um, when when that is your world, it it kind of feels like okay, this is the norm. You kind of you see people growing up, um, you see you, you see them like kind of live in the same house. Like if I if I go back to my building that I grew up in, I know most if not all the people that I originally was like there with. Yeah, and I haven't lived there in over 15 years so crazy yeah and it's 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 crazy to I I never wanted to feel like man this is it for me you know Mm -hmm. and um and not that 
not to like down my upbringing or anything like yeah, of I, I loved my childhood and I loved growing up in Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, I think there is an energy around growing up in Brooklyn that is unmatched right but I I did not want to to have my path defined for me I think at a very early age like you know my mom would say these things like you know you don't you want to be a doctor or don't you want to be don't you want to be a nurse don't you want to be you know a lawyer like saying saying these things like that that said that you can choose these or it's it's a wrap for you because I remember one time I told my mom like oh like I I want to be a traveling chef like I was I was I was was like I want to be a traveling chef I didn't know how to cook for my life which she quickly reminded (laughs) reminded me of she was just like when have you ever cooked a thing for yourself like you barely cook popcorn I was like sis she really came for you she she really came for for you she came for me and I was just like I'm, I'm six like yeah, I'm a child <laughs> so I was like I can dream but she got I remember her getting so mad at me bro and I still think of that that moment to my to this day like mm-hmm. she got so pissed that I said anything but something practical something that I grew yeah. up around something that I saw and mm-hmm. It was like, it was just like, oh, like, I'm not allowed to dream beyond this because I don't see it. Excuse me. And I never really, I, I never really understood that. So I think, um, being in that mentality where I was just like, okay, I'm asking everybody around me. Cause I, I went, I went to school and I was like, what do y'all want to be when y'all grow up? Like, because sis scared me. She was, Ah. she was yelling. I was like, your tone like um and I I was trying to figure out like what everybody else was trying to be and yeah a lot of them were saying you know I want to I want to be a nurse I I heard a lot of nurse I heard Mm. a lot of I want to be a doctor I want to be a pediatrician and I'm just like all y'all all y'all all all y'all want to be in the medical field y'all hate Mm -hmm. science I'm very confused like I I was very confused as to why I was around so many people who had the same dream and it all looked like the dream that the adults around me had and then mm-hmm. you know their elders had and I yeah. I was just like there's no way we all had the same dream. So I think this is a very long-winded way to say that like I did not want to be limited in that. So I was like I don't I don't know where Australia is on the map I can't mm-hmm. tell you I was I can just tell you that I'm gonna make it there one day or I, was I love like, that I I don't know what part of Europe I'm gonna hit but I want to go there one day so I told myself like I want to go to at least one country in every continent I was just like that's that's my dream I was like yeah. I I want to see it all I want to I want to be there I want to I want to I want to prove something to my mom that I I can be a traveler maybe I'm not gonna be a chef but I'm gonna be a traveler like and I wanted to show her that like I I can do this and even if people around me don't do it so what like um so I think that never really left me as a kid was like I still to this day and then I tried to bring it up to her she was like I never did that to you I was like the lie (laughs) 
I feel like what's that? It's a Disney movie. And it's like about all what is it inside out? And there's like core memories. And you're like, nah, ma, this is a core memory. I no, know. Yeah. It really sat with me because this really stomped on my dream saying I could I'll burn water. And I was like, I'm six. Like, you don't let me cook anything anyways. So like, have we I'm really hungry. tried my my skill? Like, have oh we tested it? And like, do we know? Do we know the truth? We don't. You don't know the truth. Like, and yeah, she was like, I don't think she realized it was such a small comment or just, I guess, a small little tantrum of hers. But it really, yeah. it really said something to me that it was like, okay, like, I'm not allowed to dream why. And um, yeah. I see where she was coming from now that I'm older. She didn't have to go ham like that on a six year old. But yeah, like, I, I do feel like I, I didn't grow up around a lot of dreamers and I Mm -hmm. and it could have been because they probably had you know like parents like my mom who told you like I don't come from money like that was a very real thing you grew up with as a first gen you know student in this world is like Mm -hmm. you grew up knowing you don't come from money and you need to change that and you're not you're not coming up like as a traveler and thinking that's gonna change your money situation like that's not your natural that's not your natural path that's not your natural solution to your financial situation um so you start thinking practically or parents start molding think practically or think in terms that will give you natural flow to income so we weren't bred to think of content creation yeah bred to think of traveling as an option yeah because it's it's not for all intents and purposes it's not an option when you know like you are 18 you are trying to figure out how to pay for college and you are trying to figure out how to pay for your life because that timer on your parents supporting you financially it's it's ticking it's It's running running out um but i wanted I wanted to do something for myself to prove that maybe I'm not making money from it. I'm not making money from traveling, but that like, I don't know, my, 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 it's not fair for my dream to die simply because like I had that pressure. Um, I, I wanted to do both. Absolutely. And I love that you are doing that. And the fact that we are still so young, like so young, um, but I think like six-year-old Lice is really proud. You know what I mean? And I think like yeah. your inner child, she's really jumping for joy. Every time <laughs> you book that flight and you actually get on it, right? And every time you like have this new experience and get to connect with someone new. And it's really interesting to hear you say that because I think we're very aligned in the sense of like, we're both travelers. We both love travel. But what actually sparked it for me is the complete opposite. It's the fact that I always had to travel around as a kid because my parents were divorced. So I was constantly Mm -hmm. on flights back and forth from like different parts of Florida, different parts of New York, you know, for a lot of years back and forth from New York to Florida. Um, And so I was constantly just like the kid who was always in transit Um, and then, you know, the new kid or whatever. And then boarding school. Right. You travel. And then I ended up going to L.A. for college and like all of that comes from this fact that like I was essentially born on a plane. Like my mom, (sighs) 
so much. And that was just such a thing for me was like, everyone was like, oh my God, like New York, so cool. And then everyone in New York was like, oh my God, Miami is so cool. And I was like, sure. But like, I don't, to me, they were both home. Um, and I didn't realize the power of like, wow, a lot of people in Homestead have never stepped foot out of Homestead. And right. a lot of people in the city have never stepped foot, not even out of the city. A lot of people in the city have never stepped onto Staten Island. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? That's like, a fact. <laughs> listen, this forgotten borough exists and like people just do not visit. Um, and I just think it's so funny. <laughs> you see, case in point. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so my love for travel. two times more than a majority of people I could tell you that um but I guess that's my point right is that for you your love of travel came from this kind of idea of like this is not what you do and I don't like that I don't like that you're telling me what I can't do and for me it was told to me that like this is what you do and this is kind of how life is and my mom loved traveling and she was very big about connecting with you know, people from different cultures and exploring and like broadening your horizons. A lot of that also is that my family like was a military family. And so they would travel to different bases and, you know, that kind of, I'm not a military brat, right? My parents didn't serve. Uh, but that idea of like you travel and you explore and the value of that was ingrained into me. And I, I ate it up. I really did. It was breakfast. I ate it up. It's crazy that you say that um, just being a child of divorce and bouncing around. I also had that experience. And it's funny that you mm-hmm. said like um, Miami, because that's exactly where my dad lived um, yeah. <laughs> growing up. So um, I also, weirdly enough, was still that kid that, you know, had to like be with the flight mm-hmm. attendant. So that mm-hmm. way I could, you know, go see him in Miami and everything. But nothing in that translated to my family that like travel was going to be ingrained in my life um and I think it's mainly because maybe you did it more often than I did but I only did that once a year so it was just kind of like oh yeah no I did it multiple times a year (laughs) mine was just like oh you're going to see your dad now and um I think that's what helped me learn how to solo travel because like it would just be little me and it wouldn't even be the flight attendants like sis doesn't even come back till the end (laughs) no for real um and I think that's where like I you know didn't really have that fear of actually traveling alone or um being on a plane because I know plane anxiety is very real yeah Um, I think that I I think that like encouraged me in general like oh like I could do this but it didn't really translate as a norm in my family, even though that's an experience I, I also have. So it's interesting yeah. that like, um, you know, like that, that part of translated to like, you know, you're going to be a, a mobile person. Um, yeah. Mobility should be ingrained in your life. Whereas mm-hmm. like for, for my mom and dad, it was just like, this is a means to an end. Like I'm yeah. not coming to New York to get you. So this is how you're going to get to me. Mm-hmm. But like none of that translated into you're going to be a mobile person. You're going to be just like catching flights. Like, you yeah. Know, like- <laughs> yeah, no, that very much was my experience where it was just like, you're catching flights and buses and trains. And like, this is just what, and like road trips, you know what I mean? My family on both sides, my mom and dad's side, like we're big road trip people. And so it might not even be catching a flight, right? Because I also think, 
I don't want to say it's a stigma, but I think there's almost this limitation people put on traveling where traveling has to be abroad on a plane and expensive. And mm-hmm. I was like, it has to be none of those things. Right. Was, <laughs> traveling could be going to Staten Island. Traveling could be going from New York to Connecticut. Like you traveled, sis. If you've yeah. never been there, like go explore. That is a whole new place, right? And even though it's not foreign in the sense of like a new country, it can very much be a new culture and a new, you know, people have different mindsets. And so I've always also very loosely defined travel because most people be like, oh, you're always on flights. And I was like, yes, I catch flights often. This is true. But I also just like catch a car ride for three hours. Like I'm a big day trip girl, you know? Um, Yes, because day trips are it. And I don't have to pay for accommodations. I literally, now that I'm in my car, I feel like I unlocked a new level of adulthood also. I literally could just whip to the end of the island and be like, I'm in the Hamptons today. And then whip back home and be like, and I'm back in my bed. It's phenomenal. It really is. I feel like a new character. A car really upgrades your life. And I I feel like as a New Yorker, there's there's always a stigma. Like, you know, we don't drive. Yep. Very true. Very fair. True. Before moving before moving to Austin, I very much did not drive. Had my license, just never drove. Um yeah. and uh the freedom of just <laughs> hopping in your car or just knowing you have the option at any point to just be like, you know yep. what I want? I I want ice cream. I'm gonna go get yep. like <laughs> and then you just hop in your car. You have to go get it. Like, I think it's it's so beautiful. And like you said, day trips. Um, day trips are such a beautiful travel hack. Like, yep. to to really immerse yourself in a place, um, and not have to pay for accommodation at the end. Um, and then you just drive on back, or you get on back to where you just came from. And you still experienced it. You still traveled. And I, I, I think what you said is beautiful. It's that travel does not have to be abroad, doesn't have to be expensive, and it doesn't have to be far away. And yeah. I, I, I think like it, there's beauty in figuring out like what's in your own backyard and how you can enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, I love that because it literally is like your own backyard, right? I'm also... I feel like a theme that we're seeing a lot in 2021 because of the pandemic, but also just because of like social media and influencers. And I feel like everyone is in the lifestyle space right now is how to romanticize your life. But I'm so for it. Like I'm so for taking the extra five minutes to like make your coffee pretty. Right. Because it just, (laughs) those little moments really add up and they are literally past you making present. You feel special. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but you said travel hack is day trips. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm curious though, how has traveling like affected the way that you view communities or the way that you interact with different people in communities? Um, I think, I think traveling has definitely demystified a lot for me. Um, mm-hmm. when I go to different, different communities, especially, uh, I know we weren't, we weren't talking about abroad, but I think my biggest lesson in this was when I studied abroad in the Middle East is mm-hmm. I think 
you know, both both of us were were very much children of the post 9-11 era. And yeah. there there's just so much that you don't realize um, is it is myths that like kind of sit in I guess the background of your head or yeah. or just like you just grow up in a culture where it's okay to say certain things or believe certain things. And I think going going there and just being um, being in the UAE in general, not just Dubai, because we yeah. get it. Dubai's beautiful, love it, um, <laughs> but there's so much more. And um, being able to, I, I think I met some of my closest friends while I was there in terms of just like, I've never had such strong, just, just like strong bonds with like women. Um, mm-hmm in in that way like where there was such a strong sense of like women empowerment there was such such a strong sense of like being able to discuss like different different thinkers from around the world and then being there almost made me feel I was like wow like I have such an Americanized education yeah like when I was when I was studying there there was, they would pull from thinkers who were from North Africa. They would pull, then pull from thinkers from France. Then they would pull from an East Asian thinker. And it would pull from all of these schools of thought that, and this is just like a sociology class. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is my major. And all I can think of is all the American sociologists and like mm-hmm. and then it made me wonder like why why is this the form of education that I'm having where I'm only limiting myself and pigeon pigeonholing myself to this one school of thought um where I I think being being there has always been like the most eye-opening thing for me just because it it, it debunked a lot of what you grew up hearing about um, freedom and and like women's freedom, especially in the Middle East, and how that's tokenized and um, and you you I, I think it's one thing to read about people, and it's another thing to experience people. And, yeah. Um, and I think experiencing experiencing my time while I was in Abu Dhabi, and then I also went to Lebanon while I was there, met the front like the best people while I was out there, um, and I think I've never been so immersed in I guess like talks of just like social revolution, and yeah, I I had so many deep seeds of just hope for the next generation that we have of people who are looking to reimagine government, reimagine like reimagine labor, reimagine how we view family. And these are conversations that like you you think you're having in America constantly because we're supposed to be this like big modern um, school of thought. Um, and I never experienced it that profoundly than when I was studying in Abu Dhabi. And I think that was a very profound way I experienced community. Um, I, yeah, I, I've just never been around anything like it. Like, yeah. And, and 
that says a lot because like prep was also a very very different and strong experience and community for me um where I never in once again prep made me feel like I was around just like the most like intelligent thinkers of the generation and then I've been chasing that feeling ever since Mm. and then I, I got that um when I was in Abu Dhabi again and I'm very grateful for it like that's beautiful because unless you went through prep you simply will not understand this feeling but I so get that idea that like I feel like I academically peaked at like 12 like I'm convinced (laughs) because I was around and part of it is like the exceptionalism that was bred into us and spoken over us but also part of it was true where like that was one of the most amazingly intelligent, eclectic groups of people that I was consistently seeing, you know what I mean? And that I was consistently learning from and learning with. And it's hard. It's hard to get that feeling again. Um, I actually, another guest that I'm having on the podcast, his name is Lionel. He's a YouTuber. And one of his, uh, one of his videos that I just like binged is about like life is not meant to be a rerun and I think that idea really weaves into here um and I think that's a beautiful sentiment and I'm gonna talk to him about it as well but something that you said right about chasing that feeling and having such an Americanized point of view there's like so many things that came to mind for me the first is that I've never been more aware of my Americanness until I was outside of the United States right yeah. Never. Like I never I'm not super patriotic, right? And so yeah. I'm not the person who's like any stretch of the word am I? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not that person who's like, woo, July 4th, America. Like that's not me. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I celebrate and I have my burgers and it's cute, but like it's a very different situation. But when I go abroad and people are like, Oh, where are you from? I think normally like New York or Florida. But I also am aware that I'm like, they probably mean country because everyone travels from different countries so often. Right. And so right. I'm, like, oh, I'm from the United States. Also, I got like pseudo complimented the other day because <laughs> I was talking to someone uh, from where was homeboy from <sighs> somewhere in Europe. I want to say Italy, but like, I feel like that's wrong, but I'm going to say Italy. We're going to say Italy. It was, it was, I was in Greece and there was a man from Italy and now everything is coming back. Okay. So I told this story on the last episode, but long story short, I had met these like three Italian men and I'd seen them multiple times throughout the trip without planning. Like we were just in the same place at the same time. And so the first time that we met, they were like, Oh, where are you guys from? And all the other people that I was with were like America. And I was like, no, we're from the United States. And he was like, you're the first person to say the United States because so many people say America. And I'm like, that's a continent. He was so angry, but he like complimented me for saying the United States because that's actually our country. Like America is not our, you know, it was just a really funny where I was like, I get it. And I was like, this is intriguing because I never, and it comes from like this little I don't know. It's a very American thing to think that we're like the center of the world. So when you say America, they have to know that you mean, you know, United States. Right. Um, But also you were talking about kind of academically, right. In these schools of thoughts. 
And one, like something that popped into my head and I feel like I'm going to use this as a quote somewhere, but maybe I'll change the wording. But I feel like the traveler is the most non-traditional scholar because I feel like the person who is innately a traveler, who loves to travel, who seeks out these new experiences, values lived scholarship, right? They value the experiential hands-on learning. At least I can know for myself, like I hate research. It's the bane of my existence. (laughs) I'm sitting and reading. Like I dislike, I love reading for like leisure. Like conducting research where I have to just read through paragraphs and paragraphs and pages and pages. Like it doesn't do it for me, but I love conducting interviews. I love interacting with people. And that's also research. And that's also education, right? And learning. And I feel like the thing in me that makes me want to travel is simply because I want to broaden my horizons. I want to expand my worldview. I actively am seeking out eclectic experiences. And so I think like the traveler is the most non-traditional scholar because I think it comes from this yearning to learn and interact in like a non-schooling way. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think um, it's funny that you say that, especially like the non-school part. Um, I think most recently I'm really, I'm really getting into researching, uh, well, not researching, but like looking into um, just like digital nomad life and yes. looking, looking at families who are doing it is um, what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot more families adopt nomad life. And I, I, I typically get it when it's like, you know, a, a single person or maybe a couple doing it like young and just enjoying life. Yeah. Then I get so intrigued when I see like a family of five. Yep. I was just about to say, I know so many pages. Children. Uh, (laughs) They, because they, you know, they complicate things. It's just like, all right, we threw kids. So we said we can do this life. So I always get so intrigued as to how they do it. And I think what I'm really starting to learn about is just like the process of unschooling is very Mm -hmm. big amongst um, nomad families where they are not just doing traditional homeschooling, but they are also, I guess, allowing their kid to absorb, um, like, the subjects that they, I guess, like, feel more tied to. Like, if one day my kid says, I want to focus all day today on math, that's the curriculum. Oh, it's um, the Montessori approach. I went to Montessori and I studied education. So like, I love the Montessori really? approach. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, and I, yeah, they're calling it unschooling. Um, but I, I, I would imagine it's, it's the same thing. Um, and I'm, I'm finding, um, I'm finding how interesting that is to see, um, you'll see kids who say like, okay, I want to focus on math today. And then this one is saying, I'm, I want to focus on science today and then watching mm-hmm. the parent try to split their attentions there or um, in other ways, like they're like, you know what? I want my kids to focus on nature today. So we, we're in the, we're in the mountains uh, and we're, we're in the mountains today. We're going to be camping or yeah. we're in South Dakota. We're in Montana. We are we are in Texas? We are in Alabama today, and 
we are going to immerse ourselves in nature. We are going to study geology. We are going to study just the earth as it is. Like this, the earth will be your classroom. And I don't, I can't say it's for me or my, my future yeah. kid. <laughs> um, because like, it does take a lot of work and energy and just mentality um, to educate your children in that, in that way. But um, it's, it's funny that you, you say that like, you know, non-schooling and just the mm-hmm. idea of unschooling being, um, I guess, associated with travel where it's kind of turning the doctrines of education on its head where it's like, yeah. how, how can you learn experientially? How can you learn through a way that you engages with your senses a lot more yeah. um, instead of sitting at a desk just expecting to absorb information for eight hours straight. We're not built that way. Yeah. Um, we're not built to take in information that way. Um, we're not built to learn in that way. Um, but yet that's how school is across the board. And how can we go back to the roots of learning the way that's natural to humans? It's very interesting how that's being so strongly intertwined with consistent travel. Yeah. Uh, And I think about that, I think about that constantly about how, like, how I can, I guess, take parts of that and um, put that into my daily life. And I think working from home has definitely been helping with that in terms of prioritizing my rest. Like, that has been a very, very big idea, just, like, living my head rent-free, just, like, prioritize rest fully. And the um, idea that you don't need to earn rest. Right, exactly. It's not something to be earned. It's right. Um, and it's it's so it, it's very crazy how like all of that is intertwined. Um and it, it just makes me more excited that this is, I don't know, a niche that I love to explore is that it's mm-hmm. intertwining just like education, um, and how you can reimagine and and revolutionize education in a way that works for you, um, works in a way that's natural, um, works in a way that bends to everybody's form of learning. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear all of that. Um, I always said as a kid, I love learning. I hate school, but I'm good at school. Yeah. And that was it. That really like at it, I was right on the money. I adore learning. Right. I hate schooling. I did mm-hmm. not even like I love the social aspect, right? But like actual classes, the classes I enjoyed were never because of the class. It was always because of the teacher. Yeah. It was always because of the <laughs> environment that they created. Because with the wrong teacher, I could have cared less about that material. Right. Like I couldn't have cared less. But if I was really excited about a course. And my teacher was great. I loved and I cared about that information. And I think that's why traveling is such a powerful tool is because people remember the things that matter to them. Yeah. And so if I don't, and this is going to sound real ignorant, but I'm being honest, if I don't like my history teacher, I'm not going to really care about the history. As I get older, I understand now more the value of like knowing your history, but like I didn't, you know, and (laughs) history is still not my favorite subject if I'm right if I'm going to be honest but I'm so much more likely to remember the things that I'm taught 
when I am learning and when I'm not being schooled. Um, And that's why I love the Montessori. I love like Montessori. um, And it actually goes into elementary schools now in Italy in certain parts because it was formed in Bologna and and that's like where, you know, Montessori kind of created the school of thought and launched. And I went to a Spanish speaking Montessori in Florida. That's like the basis of my education is Spanish only Montessori. Um, And for people who don't know Montessori at its core, and I keep saying this word, but at its core, it's literally just allowing children slash students to explore their interests at their own pace. There's no like core curriculum. There are certain tenets or pillars that you should learn, right? So like by the end of Montessori pre-K, you should know how to count, right? Yeah. At the end of kindergarten, you should be knowing your colors and your foods and they're things. Yeah, they're benchmarks. But the way in which you learn those things is open to how you learn and to when you want to learn things. So I can go in and be like, hey, you know, why does it rain in elementary school? And they're going to be like, that's a great question. Let's spend today figuring it out. And really? I'm going to be figuring out like, how it rains and why it rains. Right. And other students are going to be like, well, what are the planets? And like, why, how do they stay afloat? And like, students are going to look and you very much get to explore your interests and learn on your own terms. It just gives students a lot of autonomy. Yeah, that's um, exactly like the, the, un, the unschooling, um, yeah. it, it probably just, it probably takes um, from that school of thought. That is so cool. Like, yeah, it's really, really dope. There hasn't been long-term studies. I wish there were um, on like Montessori. Now they're doing them because Montessori extending into like elementary school is a very new thing. Um, So Montessori as like your foundation of learning and like pre-K and kindergarten is goes back years. Um, Hence how I at 23 went through a Montessori uh, before, you know, like official school. But when I was studying abroad in Italy, I actually visited Bologna and Ravenna. We went to like the Montes where Montessori started, that school of thought. Um, and that's where we learned that like it's expanding into elementary schools now. And now they're going to be following these kids and doing long-term studies on like their life outcomes and their kind of quality of life, their quality of learning and education and seeing how this foundation really changes the way they interact with the world, which I think is super, super cool. Um, and we like, so went on like a nerding out path, but this is what traveling does y'all. But I do want to reel it back. Um, we're talking about traveling, impacting how you interact with communities. Right. And that's kind of how it impacts you personally as well. But I'm curious how it impacted your community. Right. So your romantic partners, your family, your friends, coworkers, how does kind of your identity as a traveler impact those relationships? I think with my family, um, like like I said, like they they kind of had they kind of had the idea of just you know you see the path you see the path in front of you you kind of take those paths. I, yeah. I mean, so there's like the three pillars we live by, which is Legli's Lekoel. Lakai, which means church, school, home. Like those. Wow. Okay. Got it. That's where you go. Yeah. <laughs> you go to church, go to school, 
you go home. Like I very much grew up in a culture where sleepovers are not a thing. Like, mm, yeah. And, um, so I, I think with, with that, um, was it a big shock when I started traveling to my family? Very much so. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that really, really helped though, is that I'm, I boarding school helped. Um, yeah. I think, um, my mom was kind of used to me being gone. Um, mm-hmm. she was kind of used to me experiencing life without her, me experiencing and learning from people who aren't her. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're, when you're 14 and you know, you're not living at home anymore and your teachers for all intents and purposes are your parents. Yeah kind of let go the reins of your parenting in that sense like you kind of give up your parental rights in that sense where you don't know you don't know what teachers are telling your your kids you don't um you don't know what your kids are hearing around them you you don't have that sense of control as Mm -hmm. when they're in your house so I think she at a very very early age for me relinquished like that side of her parenting and had Mm -hmm give blind trust that she raised me up until that point well enough for yeah. me to not you know act like I don't have any sense so, <laughs> which a lot of people do y'all right. a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people act like they don't have sense I know uh, so I think for her she she was really holding on with the faith of you know of a mustard seed and just like knowing that um, I'm, I'm not going to make her look crazy. That, that's yeah. kind of what she always told me. So when I first went abroad, um, I went to Spain and I, I remember, you know, her saying, be safe. Don't disappoint me. Don't make me look crazy. You know, like, yeah. don't essentially giving me the stern, don't make me regret letting you do this. Yeah. And, like allowing you to go this far. Right. Because I come from a very close knit family where my my aunts are like my mother's, my uncle, yep. like my father, my cousins are for, for all intents and purposes are my siblings. Yeah. Um, so they very much scrutinized um, the fact that, you know, my mom was like letting me go because she was just they were mm. like letting our baby go to, yeah. go to Spain like she's 15. And yeah. Um, so I think once they realized that like, you know, I came back and my Spanish was, you know, in tip top um, shape, I now saw a country that they've never been to. Like mm-hmm. I was showing them pictures. I was sending them pictures via WhatsApp constantly. I think that showed them that, you know, like the experience of me actually taking the leap um, and knowing that they instilled, you know, safety practices in me that I, that they know I continue to carry, I think it made them feel better. Um, so it's still very hard. Um, I think the main way it impacts my family when I'm traveling is that like, we have to be a lot more intentional about the time yeah. we spend with each other when I'm actually back in New York, but also when, you know, I'm on the phone, like it's, they can't just pick up the phone and call me because there's time differences, even when I'm in Texas. So yeah. Um, they always have to think, you know, what time is it over there? Is it a good time? Um, should I text first? Should I just call? 
And then I have to go through that, that list of questions as well. So mm-hmm. we are very, very intentional about when we call each other. Um, we almost have it set like, okay, I'm going to call you every other day. I'm calling my aunt once a week, once every other yeah. week. Like it's making set times where, you know, like the weekends for my family, they know is free reign. They're like, okay, I, I am allowed to call you at any time. Mm-hmm. on a Saturday, on a Sunday, because I don't know when else to catch you. Like, yeah, I mean, these like boundaries where they know, like, we're going to have these lines of communication because outside of that, we would never talk to each other. So it becomes a lot more stringent. And I think the same applies to my friends. I moved away from all of my friends. So I, um, I don't really have that same strong, like friend support system when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout all my travels, like I had to rely on making friends in the place I was at, but still maintain the friendships back home. Um, yeah. but I think the theme that kind of weaved through all of it was intentionality is that I want to spend time with you and I'm going to make sure I'm going to spend that time with you in the best way I know how, which is I'm going to send that text, even though I'm a bad texter and I'm going to let you yeah. know, I you know, tomorrow, me, you, 6 p.m., we're, we're having a FaceTime date. Or um, I just started doing this thing with, um, you know, Esther and Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we started doing this thing maybe a few months ago where we do like TV club. It's just, it's very. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. We talk about it all the time. Stop. I'm joining TV club. It's so cute. Yeah, join TV club. <laughs> um, and I think it has been one of my shining points in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really shows me like, once again, that theme of being intentional is that you know, like one day we were all on FaceTime and we were talking about, we were talking about Love Island. I had never yep. watched Love Island before. They oh. were like, Girl, you need to watch Love Island. They were like, ah, like we, we're going to watch yeah. it. And they're like, which, which season are we going to introduce her to? Yeah. They, they chose season five. Ooh, UK? I have UK? Ooh, I have thoughts. We all have thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah, UK, and then they rewatched all 50 episodes with me, which is you know, commitment. It, it's commitment. Um, but it really showed me that they were they were a willing to you know put that time aside, mm-hmm. whether it be, sometimes it'd be an hour, two hours, three hours after a long day of both of them working, of us just sitting there debriefing about what we just watched and watching more episodes yeah but it's just a one one way for me to feel connected to my friends mm-hmm. um and it, it just really shows me it doesn't matter how far I am like it doesn't matter the time difference it I can always expect that you know I'm I'm going to connect with them they're mm-hmm. setting time out of their schedule and making sure I'm setting time out of mine so we can connect because we don't get to see each other often. And yeah. I think you just have to be, you just have to become a planner if you're not one. Mm-hmm. Um, like living so far away when you're traveling constantly, it just takes you taking that extra mile to like spend time with those that you love. And it, it could be very small ways, whether it's just that FaceTime date, T 
TV club. Everybody mm-hmm. TV club. that was it's really no, it's phenomenal. I can say idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, one shout out to Sam and Esther because I know y'all listen. So hey babes. But two, um, I can actually speak to that because I had them over at my house most recently was this past weekend, but I had them over at my house, like some point in the summer and y'all were in TV club and they were like, yo, we have to watch this love Island episode because we have TV club with Laisa tomorrow. And we got to be able to like debrief it. And we all sat on my bed and rewatched these episodes together so that they could debrief with you. And I was like, y'all are really making this shit a priority. And it was so cute. Like it was so cute. Right. And I think to kind of echo that sentiment of like, it really, it matters to them, right. To maintain your friendship as well. Um, Something that you said, and because we are an advice podcast, I want to know is you said, you know, you can't rely on kind of your friend's support to a certain extent because they're just obvious limitations when your country's away, right? And time differences and all of that. So you have to make friends abroad. What is kind of your top three tips for making friends abroad? I think um, my main one has to be just like, Every time I go to a, a new place, I try to see if there is a group me that I can be joining. I try to see if there mm-hmm. is a Facebook group um, of just like either women, women of color, just that are based in that city. Yeah. Or if there's like an Instagram page, there's a lot of Instagram page just trying to like build community. Cause like honestly, making adult friendships. That's the part they don't really tell you. They don't. And that's a whole other podcast. Listen, I already have notes for it. I, yeah. Adult friendships. Mm, ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> like It's for the birds. It really is, y'all. It's for the birds. <laughs> so there's a lot of people combating it just like on social media. Thank you to those people mm-hmm. who make the groups and just kind of break the ice there. Um, so I always try to join those groups and let them know like hey i'm going to this city from this state to this state um would love to meet up with anyone or if anybody has recommendations and then a lot of a lot of them tend to be like women who are trying to find friends as well mm-hmm. um so like i you know just putting myself out there which is very uncomfortable for me because i'm an introvert but mm-hmm. but like being able to do that has helped me break out of my shell and definitely like I made really solid friendships out of that uh, another one that I used when I first moved to Austin um, I actually joined Bumble BFF um, when oh that's so cute I moved to Austin because it was just like it was a bunch of girls who are either in relationships or tr- and trying to like find a girlfriend to hang out with somebody other than their boyfriend yeah, girls who are trying to do like a quick friend revamp and find new friends. Not a friend revamp. That's a great <laughs> phrase, though. No, I like I, that. They're dropping friends. They're like, I need new friends. Like, you know, just like, oh, girl. Um, we <laughs> like, I don't know. This is this is a sign that you're gonna drop me when times are hard. So, like, no, for real I, though. I'm a little, I'm a little weary about those, but. Um, there are other girls who are like me, who are like, I'm new to the city. I just graduated, just moved here, pandemic, 
if y'all are cool to hang out or hop on zoom or do mm-hmm. a, a wine night over zoom whatever like let's do it so um it was awkward at first not gonna lie uh bumble bff like friend friendship dating uh, yes once again the ghetto like I I'm screaming it's a lot I also use bumble bff because I've never lived like on Long Island like my family's lived here but I never lived here um so same thing I joined it actually because Esther told me that you had success with it and so I was like all right I guess and then I tried it and I was like oh y'all are like I call people girlies until I decide if like you're a true friend or if you're just like a friendly acquaintance. I'll be like all the little bumble girlies. Yeah, it is. Friendship dating. I'll be like, oh, I'm going on a date with this little girly. And I was like, who are these girls? Who are they? And I was like, they're bumble girls. And like, I need to. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's girlies. I need to (laughs) listen because not everyone is your friend. Also, like not even on a hater thing, but like not everyone deserves the title of friend. Right. Some people are your friendly acquaintance. And that's that's cool. Uh, I had some awkward situations on bumble girls. Once again, that is another podcast. But it really is. um yeah you 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 do need to talk about how ghetto adult friendships are because we need to talk about it we need to debunk that you know we're like so many shows lie to us that we're gonna grow up be out here like living Living single friends all of them yep talk about the one that moves away and it's just (laughs) what happens to them it's like the episode where the world ends where's the episode with the panini I'm confused. I wanted to know. I can't reference that episode of How I Met Your Mother. There's no one where the world ends. I just, that's all I'm saying. So, okay. So, wait, do you use Bumble BFF like abroad, like when you're traveling and not moving? Mm -hmm. I I have used it abroad. Um, Okay. And yeah, it's it's not the same abroad, I'll say. Um, Yeah. So I really do lean in on like the Facebook groups, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram groups to find friends. Um, and then there's your typical like you go up to a girl at the bar kind of situation, you know, like, yeah, oh, I it may seem a little pickup or whatever, but I'll I'll like go up to somebody like I love your hair. Let's talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. No, for real. Do we have a stylist? I'm here for three weeks and I need right. to get something touched up. Yep. I, I love your outfit. Let's get into it. What are you doing tonight? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just, just, I love that. <laughs> so I, I very, do you much- have like a favorite story about that? I have a story that automatically comes to mind, which is why I ask. So I'm curious. I don't think I have, I think for me, like I, I think I, in the past, I met two friends where it was just like, it was very great off of just like, oh, what up though? Like, yeah. <laughs> in in Croatia, like I I was walking. There was there was a girl who was taking selfies. This looked bomb. Like, yeah. Spotted her from ways away. I was just like, you are looking great. You are second <laughs> game. Uh, I love that. Had her her little selfie stick. She was trying to make it do what it do. So yeah, combined. And then I was just like, let me just say, 
you look great. Like, yeah. You look phenomenal. Like, <laughs> um, and she was just like, oh, thank you. Like, she, she was just like, oh, like, thank you so much. And then I was just like, let me take your picture. Like, because yeah. she, she was struggling. So I was just like, let me take your picture. So I ended up, you know, doing a whole little photo shoot. Whole photo shoot. Because that's what you do. I was like, you're going to, you're going to take these pictures. You look too good. You're out here slaying the Croatian streets. Like, <laughs> and no one's a witness. So we need to fix that. We need to fix it. So, and it was, it was so great because at the end of it, she was just like, I am so glad I met you. Like, and we, she was solo traveling. I had found out she had been there, you know, a, a week now and um she like was trying to figure out what to get into that night and everything um so we ended up like meeting up again we went out we went out for dinner we did a day trip oh wow we did a day trip like that was lit um and then another friend I met was when I was I was out in Mexico and like he actually just like walked walked up to me and and um and then started talking like it was it was a resort so it was just like like old people I was there with my partner and then like Mm -hmm. um he he saw that we were two young people so he was like you know and we're gonna be are we friends oh we're gonna be friends like meme where yeah yeah (laughs) I love that so he like swam on over and he was like what's up like I see y'all whatever and then like and we we're just like what's up with you like we started talking chopping it up like and then he was just like what are you guys like doing tonight like if you don't mind asking mm-hmm. he heard about a party he was like letting us know so there are situations where people will like see you and be like oh like I'm alone you're alone mm-hmm. like, we're alone together so um it's it's a matter of who's gonna let their guard down first um yeah sometimes like I think sometimes as as a woman I I find it like sometimes it's easier for me to like walk up to another woman like I'm not gonna yep. be the guy like, mine. but absolutely <laughs> um I'll walk up to another woman just like oh you look you look beautiful I love your hair love your outfit love your this love your that or whatever or like you know what's what's going on tonight you mm-hmm. know like do you have any have any plans like or like asking them like do you know what's a good place have you been here enough do you have recs like any any number yeah. of questions letting them know that like I you know I'm alone don't have friends here so mm-hmm. I'm alone don't have friends here and I'm really trying to like it doesn't have to be a connection with you you can just give me a recommendation and keep pushing but sometimes like I, I mean, there's a lot more faith in humanity than I thought I once had. So there's there's a lot of people who are looking to make, you know, valuable and meaningful, like, connections with others. So um, it's it's about how, like, I don't know, open you are um, to, like, I guess, swallowing your, swallowing your in, introvert pill and then just yeah. casting that away. Swallowing the introversion. Yeah, because it's it, it's very hard. Um, because there are other times where I'm like, well, I'm alone, and I guess it's gonna be that way. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here. That's and hysterical. Here. Um. 
so yeah it doesn't always work out but then you you'll definitely find like at least one friend um just from just putting yourself out there it's very cliche but very true no i feel that i i have a travel journal which is what i'm looking through right now because i am forgetting the names of these two girls um bless their hearts though they were sweethearts and so the story that came to my mind is I was solo traveling in London for two weeks um, in January of 2020. And so literally right before the world ended. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went, there's this comedy club that's free, right? And so it's pay as you want after the fact, right? But it is free, like it, you don't have to give. Um, I did, but of course, right? Like, and so I went to this place I had gone like two nights before and because I just needed something to do. I was by myself. I was staying at a hostel um, and I wasn't loving the people that I was meeting at the hostel. Um, I also, though, I'm not like a huge drinker, right? So when everyone was like, I want to go party and drink and like, I love to dance, but if you're just going to a bar to like get wasted, do you, but like, that's not going to be enjoyable for me, especially if I'm not close to you. Right. Right. Like for my group of friends, if my friends do that, I'm gonna go along and they may be the people to bring that out of me. But like right. with strangers as a woman, absolutely not. Um, so went to the comedy place again and it was like everyone was getting beers and drinks before you actually go in. And so these two girls like bump into me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, babe, your jacket looks great. And I was wearing this like faux fur jacket, um, which I still have. It's like one of my favorites. I like, I'm obsessed with her because she's so cute. And so she was like, wait, you look great. Like, who are you here with? And I was like, I'm actually here by myself. And they're like, oh, no, you're not. You're with us now. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I was like, these little English girlies are getting it. Um, and so we're talking and we sit next to each other. They are like, they're not gone by any means, but they're also not sober. Um, so we're sitting next to each other at the comedy club. So funny. And then we leave and they're like, what are you doing for the rest of the night? And I was like, I didn't have plans. Like I came here by myself, probably just head back to the hostel, explore. They're like, no, 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 no. We have to take you on like a proper London night out. Also because they, long story short, is that I was supposed to be going to London to like hang out with my ex. And then I found out he was cheating on me. And I was like, well, so I'm not going to stay with him anymore. But if I'm going to be sad, I'd rather be sad in London than sad at home. So I went to London anyway. And like, and that's that's how it became a solo trip. Um, And so they were asking me, like, what brought me? And I was like, honestly, it's like a repurposed trip. I was supposed to be saying with, you know, my ex and whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, like, screw him. They're like, no, we're going to show you like a proper night out. And so we went bar hopping. We went to like three bars, two clubs. No, I lied. We didn't go to two clubs. We went to like three bars um, where there was music. And so I was dancing or whatever. And then we went to like get halal after the fact. And like we were just chopping it up and it was so cute. And I tried to get one of the girls Instagrams, but I don't have a like international plan. So I'm always just on Wi-Fi when I'm abroad. And so the Wi-Fi was not it. So like she was putting it in, but I couldn't hit like request to add friend just so annoying um but those two girls are just like screenshot it when that happens like 
I thought I did. I don't know, bro. At this point, it was years ago, but I like I thought I did. Um, But they were just sweethearts. But it's kind of cool. I wish that I could connect with them again because I am going to go back to England. But it is kind of cool to just have these people that only exist in this moment of my life. Yeah. Like there's nothing that this sounds weird, but like they could never ruin that experience for me because they're not in my life anymore. So I just have this phenomenal experience with them. Um, and I was like, only if I was traveling alone, you know what I mean? Like only if I was solo traveling, would I have had this experience? And I thought it was such a cool way to like, we definitely would be friends if I had their information, but I don't, um, but they were friends for that night. You know what I mean? And they truly like took me under their wing and were like, we're going to have a good time. We're going to like, get your mind off of this guy. And it was just so positive and like I loved that and I think that community and the kind of what you were talking about in Abu Dhabi about like this woman empowerment I don't think that this is just an English thing in general but I got that experience of like women back women and like you're alone and you're not going to be alone anymore like you're with us and we are a group and it was so nice yeah no they just it was true friendship for that night like and I I think yes there are many times where like, you know, you lose faith in that idea of just like women supporting women. But then there are other nights where it's just like, even when, if I'm out and I am with friends, if I see a girl and she's like dancing alone, like we're going to go dance with her. Yeah. I remember there, I was out um, one night and then this girl, she like walked up to me and then I was with a friend and she was just like, um, I don't know where my friends are. Can I just dance with you guys? And like, oh. so like her friends like lost her because like she was drunk, they were drunk, they lost yeah. each other for a bit. And um, we were just like, yeah. So like we were just dancing, just like because she just didn't want to be alone on the dance floor, which you know, I yeah, be a scary thing as well. So, um, like we all like surrounded her and we're just dancing around her and stuff, and just like was dancing with her. And then we were just like with her until her friends finally found her again, which is like, oh my gosh, like, thank you, like for protecting her and everything. Like, you know, we're about to take her home. Yeah. Because she, she was drunker than the rest. And so, mm, yeah. So, um, they were like, we're about to take her home. Like, we really appreciate you guys for doing this and everything. And we're like, oh yeah, no problem. She was like, bye guys. I'm just like, bye. Yeah. Um, it's so cool that like you you can get that and then there's other times where it's not even a drunk situation it's just like you know people will walk up to me or like I'll walk this walk up to someone and it's just like oh like you know I'm I'm not with anybody can I dance with you guys or whatever and it's like it's a beautiful thing um just because it's like yeah like I I don't know you from from anywhere like yeah um, but I also know like that feeling of just feeling alone or just like feeling awkward in a space and you know just like wanting to combat that and I know it takes so much out of you to just like come up to a person to it takes so much yeah it's a lot it's a lot of mental energy to just be like you know like let can I dance with you Uh, I'm feeling alone it's a moment of vulnerability that you don't want to just be like no like that's just (laughs) So, so yeah, I, I think those, those moments, like definitely restore my faith in the idea of like women, you know, supporting women just in, it's in a micro sense, but it's still, 
you know, like we're, we're standing up in that moment that we know, we know how it feels to be that girl. And like, we're not letting her, you know, like go through that. Feel that. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Um, I want to do a little bit of a hot take, right? Because we've traveled to so many places. And so you mentioned this on your story the other day, but I want to give you space to expand upon it. What is the most overrated place you've been? Um, yeah, like I mentioned on my story, and this still remains true, is Santorini. Like, it's honestly, like, I don't care if the girlies hate me for this. I really don't. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's gorgeous. It's like living in a postcard. It's yeah, but they don't tell you that that postcard is only the very coast of the island. Like, yeah, and it's just that. And it's like in the middle of the island, like, you know, where the rest of life happens. It doesn't even remotely like look like that. Yeah. And that thing is just like, you know, you you hear like, oh, Santorini, Blue Domes. I yeah. swear I only saw like three of them. Like you I'm know? screaming. I'm screaming. I have my little Santorini like knickknack right here and it's uh like blue dome hand painted thing by like nuns that uh were at the monastery where I bought it from. Yeah. But- I'm pretty sure those are the only three domes that exist there. And it's just like <laughs> and it's just like it's you they make it seem like it's just like a consistent theme, but then Yeah, no they do. They do. It's not consistent. It's not. It's like it, it very much like is very beautiful coast mm-hmm. and I don't want to say wasteland but like it's just, I want to say that there is like disparity between yeah. yeah yeah between like what the coast look like and what the actual town like of Santorini looks like yeah um and I had this vision that it would just like it would all look like that. It would all be beautiful, I agree. like beautiful, like white wall, like blue dome villages. And, mm-hmm. um, and then like you would see on Airbnb that like they tried to mimic Airbnbs to have that like cave look. So you're yeah. just like, oh, this must be like a consistent architectural theme. Like this is, this is what the city looks like. Then you yeah. are very, very mistaken. Um, <laughs> And then I think, I mean, outside of that, where it's just like, maybe I'm just like nitpicking on just like the architecture of it. Maybe just because I look at that. No, I feel you. I also look at food. Um, The food didn't wow me. (laughs) The food in Greece didn't wow me. I said this in my last podcast about Greece. It didn't give. It did not give. Um, it was fresh Mediterranean food. That is what that it was fresh. My biggest critique, at least from where I was, was that it wasn't well balanced meals. Mm. That's my biggest critique. Like taste wise, it was fine. It wasn't jaw dropping. It was fine though. It wasn't right. like bad tasting. It just wasn't a well balanced meal. Yeah. And that really bothered me. Yeah. I I I really agree. Like, I, I do think that, like, when it came to the food, like, it's a big part of my travel experience. Like, I, yeah. I expect the food to wow me everywhere because, like, you know, you're going to have some misses. And, yeah. and you can't just expect just because it's, like, a place that people travel to that, like, now, wow me now. Like, yeah, I'm 
Um, I'm not holding every city to that standard. I'm not holding every town to that standard. Like there's going to be misses for me just because like my palette's different. Yeah. But you know, like when you think of Santorini, you just think of this all encompassing experience where yeah. it's going to be magic. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, that moment where like you you just run home and you want to tell your friends it's like it's it gives a different air to it where it's like yeah you, you see the girls with the flowing dresses and you're like this place I don't care what you say there's magic in this place like yeah there has there just has to be it, like you just can't recreate beauty like this and girl is recreatable it is like (laughs) (laughs) like it it sure is like I you know there's they often say like there's nothing like a Santorini sunset and yeah she was cute like (laughs) she was she was was beautiful I yeah I'm so with you I'm so so with you I'm curious though I do think because I went with EF Ultimate Break, which is like this travel company for college age people. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I went with EF. I have a code UACNA100. You want $100 oh. off. Um, I love it. I actually have traveled with EF twice now and I'm very, very pleased. Um, but all of that to say, when I went to Santorini, I was looking for that moment. Yeah. Right. And there, there were a handful of true moments where I was like, wow, I'm in Santorini. Look at this view. The sunset is giving. This is gorgeous. And then I turn around and see a line of like 500,000 people. And I'm like, all right, I need to get it together. I need to go. Cause Santorini looks like it from like three spots. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's three spots. And corners. Yeah. Get that angle. Like I really well, I was running in these streets because I was just like, I need to catch. I I didn't spend all this money to not get this picture. So no, that's a fact. So I would just I found myself going down these like cobblestone cobblestone steps, like yep. to, trying to get that angle because that angle is not everywhere. It's like, not it's at all. It's like it's a very specific angle. But they don't tell you it's an angle. And it's just (laughs) if you're not at that angle (laughs) at sunset. Yeah, you're not gonna get it. A have to fight the girlies for the spot because sunset a limited amount of time. Bro. But B is just like, all right, after that, it's like, well, what do we do now? So it's like, yeah. I'm not saying it was giving scam, but it was giving scam. So like, so like I, it was beautiful in that like it was nice to catch that view, catch that angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Instagram, um, that we've all seen on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then I would say that like it was nice to stay at the Airbnb that I had because like it was. Mm very nice airbnb but yeah. my airbnb was far from where the action was and here uh. comes my second rant about santorini 
my second scam of <laughs> I've never paid so much money for taxis in my life. I'm just gonna say that. Really? And I yeah, I, I've never spent that much money on taxis. And I, I feel like how much was it? You know, I can't speak on that because with EF, they pay for all of your transportation. So like really? yeah, everything's covered for me. Honestly, if there's a place to go where you want transportation to be fully covered, Santorini is the place because you do not want to be caught up in the taxi mafia like I was caught up in the taxi mafia. Like I like one way, right, from where my Airbnb was, which is not far. Yeah, Santorini is not that big. It's not big. Everything is very close. So my Airbnb was about a 10 minute drive from Fira, which is like yeah. one of one of the pop-in parts of Santorini's where you can go get the bars, the the restaurants, like that's where you go for your lit time. Where you go for the view is oil. Yeah. So um when when it um when it came to that, like I was 10 minutes from Fira. And then maybe 20 or so minutes from yeah yeah there we go yeah um and just to go the 10 minutes like that would run me about 25 euros oh that's painful I'm in pain I'm sick I'm sick yeah euros also which is 2.2 dollars like I'm sick and then if nighttime catches you which it's going to catch you because you're going to enjoy your time. Yeah. Um, like you can pay upwards of like 35, 45 euros back. Absolutely not. So, I'm sick. Yeah. Like that's, that's 50 at least like euros. And no, we're not talking long distances here. And it's just no. like, I wouldn't, we would often ask, like at first we tried to barter. We were like, <laughs> We were like, no, there's no way. I counted how much time I was in here. I know the mileage. Like, this is not computing. And they're like, I don't know how they do it where you're from, but in Greece, we do it based on the location. We don't care about distance. We don't care about time. If it's a popping location, it's going to get a popping price. And that's That's crazy. And because... Like we said, Santorini's about the angle. There yeah. is very limited places for you to go that give you the Santorini feel, the Santorini experience. Mm-hmm. So you're caught up having to pay those prices to enjoy the experience in general. So I would say I was there for about five days yeah days. i probably spent like over 500 euro on that that's insane that's wild okay so santorini is overrated is oh is, is <laughs> this is the hot take right is that she's overrated but people still want to go and so if someone really wants to go what recs do you have to like maximize their time? Um, so Santorini is beautiful in that like um, 
it, you do have those centralized locations where you get the maximal experience. As somebody who stayed in one of the smaller like Greek villages, um, there's not much to do around. Um, there's not many places for you to go. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if you're doing Airbnb, especially, I wouldn't stay in a Greek village or I, I wouldn't stay in the smaller villages. I would stay in um, Fira or Ia mm-hmm. uh, because that's where you'll find yourself going anyways, because like sure. if you're going to go to Ia for the sunset, you, you can't miss that sunset. You can't. Uh, and then you're going to go to Fira for the bars and the nightlife and the food. So that being said, like it's best if you stay in an Airbnb or a hotel, even, even if it's expensive, because you heard the price. Yeah. It's, it's, you'll end up paying that money anyways, or it might even be cheaper for you to just stay in those just like more popular areas. So that way you don't have to take the taxi. All you got to do is walk from place to place. Yep. Um, So that's definitely something I wish I did. Um, because then I definitely would have saved a lot of money. Um, there's that. And then one place that all the girlies need to check out when they're there is Petra Cuisina. It is, it is a very authentic, uh, Greek cooking class. Um, I know there, there's a lot of Greek cooking classes when you go, but this one is unique in that, um, like the guy who runs it, he is like second or third generation Greek, um, and he grew up in the states, uh, but he had a very strong love of food. Um, he went to college, and that didn't really like pan out for him, and he wanted to travel. He spent his um, childhood going back and forth to Greece, um, really like being with his family and really learning the culture that way. Um, And then he decided to pack up all his stuff. He went to Greece and then he was there working um, for a while. And then while he was there, he met his wife and they traveled for a bit and they thought a very good idea would to was to be was to like create like an Airbnb or just like a bed and breakfast experience where the cornerstone of that experience is a cooking class um so they created this cooking class and I think I I had all the Greek classics um and I think that's probably what ruined food for me in Greece because I did that the first day and then everything yeah. that like downhill wasn't hitting the same it was as if like his it was as if his grandmother's spirit was in his body because like oh. it, it felt like comfort food to the max and he taught us how to make it like he and there was so many meals like um that he taught us how to make I think we we did about five courses and they mm-hmm. were like party courses not just like the tiny fancy like yeah. um plates like but it was hearty courses that you're making um you're greeted at the door with wine very like very good and fresh like greek wine and then you have dessert that he makes for you at the end um i went 
and I left with my belly full, I was, I was like far beyond ecstatic that I got to like learn how um, to cook a lot of his like favorite dishes. He, it wasn't just like this, this class where he just like dictates, okay, now you're going to do this. Like he, Mm -hmm. every, every dish came with a story. So like one of the stories came with like how him and his wife fell in love and that we're cooking a dish that was the first dish that he made for her but he didn't reveal that until like we finished it oh my gosh that's awesome it was it was it was beautiful um it's like a family-run business um just like from from head to toe so I I loved that experience because I I really felt like had I not done that I would have had a lot more negative things to say about my Greek cuisine experience but I (laughs) like I I couldn't put a strong damper on it because um it was good Petra Cuisina like it it was fresh it was also made to the taste that I like because you you know like you're you're adding your own seasonings your own flair it was it was everything I love that my rec for Santorini, I think Santorini specifically, because Greece, is, there's so many different islands in Greece and there's also the mainland in Greece. But I think for Santorini specifically, Santorini, I don't think you need more than like three days, three nights, truthfully, um, to do what you need to do. Right. And I feel like Santorini is one of those places where you ball out. Like, I feel like if you're going to Santorini and you want what you consider the Santorini experience, that's the place where you ball out. Right. I think that's the place where you stay on the hotel on the coastline and, you know, you get breakfast included. Maybe sometimes you get dinner included and you're just walking around. But at least you're in Fida, you're in Ia. Like, I don't think it's the place to ball on a budget unless you're doing something like EF. Because even when you're trying to save, which I am always trying to save, but even when you're trying to save when traveling, right, where you stay in a hostel, stay in a Airbnb, right, you cut costs with friends. Ultimately, I think just things add up because what you're thinking of when you're thinking of Santorini, you're thinking of Fida and you're thinking of Ia. Like that is what you're thinking of. And so... I think just ball out, get the experience you want for your three days, maximize those three days and then call it a day. Right. And go, (laughs) go to the next Island, go to Mykonos, go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so those are our recs for Santorini. We are going to wrap up soon, but I do, I have a couple of things left. Um, we just spoke hot take, right? Most overrated places. What is the most underrated or most surprising place that you've gone? That's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think most recently I will have to put Croatia on the map. Like that was You think she's underrated? She she was underrated. I had never had like aside from Yacht Week, which yeah go on the map for Yacht Week. Um, aside from Yacht Week, I have never considered going to Croatia like as just like, you know, vacation. Like when you think Europe or 
um, doing like a European summer. You do think Santorini, you do think, yeah. you know, different parts of Italy, you think Almaty Coast, you think mm-hmm. going to Rome, like, or you think yeah. Paris, um, even London, like, you'll, you, you think, I've never thought Croatia in that, and um, I think this time it was just like, <laughs> Croatia was one of the ones, like, accepting Americans during, um, during COVID, so I was just like, why sure. Not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Like, and when I say it was a dream, and I think Croatia, right? Like, has been more on the map lately because of Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Neither do I. So I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. So I don't watch Game of Thrones. But I will say, as somebody who has not watched Game of Thrones, you can still go to Croatia and love it. I went to Dubrovnik, and Dubrovnik is gorgeous. Like it you it give it like transports you to just like medieval era but it still has like its modern flair like mm. it is like you can turn into a corridor and you feel like you do feel like you're in Italy you do feel like you're in the parts that are romanticized when you think European yeah. or European dream like it's it did give consistent yeah like you have you had the the red roofs and like um and just like you have you have the tall and rustic buildings you have the monasteries but then you also have that side of it where i'm sorry but the girls were popping out in a way that i didn't even see before and i had just came from paris when i went to croatia so i was just like not from popping out in Croatia, like yeah, <laughs> they were popping out. I was just like, "Is it Fashion Week?" I'm very I'm confused. weak. What is happening? And I was just like, "Okay, I feel <laughs> under- underdressed." <laughs> um, but that was like, I was like, "Okay, like there's something I'm missing." But at night, like the city lights up the bars are popping um and then you get cheap eats like you get cheap eats but good eat when I tell you like that was the cheapest Michelin star meal I've ever had in my life Michelin star Michelin star where can you do that Croatia that's where Croatia wow okay so Croatia in general is underrated but in that what is the kind of hidden gem that you found in Croatia if you found one so I think at least um towns like Dubrovnik like it's so small you can you can hit all of Dubrovnik in two hours if you can oh wow uh, I wouldn't spend two hours in Dubrovnik Ooh. I would spend days there like may I would even push for a week just because like the lifestyle you you would want mm. You would want to just like casually go get, um, you know, like a very, very good, high quality meal, but for the low, you would want to go sit um, by the coast and um, they, they make the best gin and tonics. I, I'm not even a gin and tonic girl, but. All right. Noted. They, they really know how to do it up. Um, and that's and obviously boat life is like a very very big bear yacht life is very big there so yeah 
hopping on a yacht in Croatia. You can't, you can't not do it. Um, so Croatia is one of the, um, in Dubrovnik specifically, it's like one of those cities where you can go and you can feel like you are one with the city simply because it's so small. Within two hours, you've already hit up every spot you need to hit up. And then beyond that, you're becoming a local. So like, oh, wow. Okay, local, got it. You're knowing, you're knowing the spots. You might, might as well start learning the language. You're I'm weak. I love that. So um, I I say in general, Dubrovnik is the gem. Like I think yeah. there's just so much um, to, ex- there's, there's so much to explore there, but you have nothing but time because of how small it is. Like you're not, you're not driving ever. I didn't take a single taxi while I was in Dubrovnik because everything's so walkable. Oh, um, wow. But ooh, the the part about Dubrovnik is the stairs. If you are ready for your calves to be marinating, okay. if you are ready for the cardio workout of your life, you go to Dubrovnik, Croatia, and you will not be disappointed. You will like wow. stairs like it's your day job. Uh. <laughs> it is. It is not. It's. It's not. Um, it's not friendly um, to to those who either don't want to walk, who cannot walk. It's not it's not disability friendly. I I yeah, because um, it's it's a lot of stairs, not very hilly, so there's not a lot of inclines going. Got but it. That, like I would say that like um, the Zuzori restaurant. That's that's the restaurant that I was telling you where it's just like Michelin, Michelin star on a budget. Like, um, it's been rated. Um, it has I think two or three Michelin stars at this point, oh. and it is still very cheap. So I think that that was a gem that I found while I was there. But outside of that, like the whole city in in general, trust me when I say it, like within within two hours of walking the city because you walk all over it you know everything you've seen everything you've been in every store so um i i really can't i really can't yeah i really can't drop a gem other than like go there um go there for a couple of days go there for a week if you're just trying to have a chill time Mm -hmm. you'll you'll know the city like the back of your hand by you know by day two and then you from there you're just kind of like living amongst everyone so that's beautiful I wow what a like high to end our main segment on (laughs) that I mean that really does feel like we did a deep dive into traveling what it's like to be a traveler there's always so much more that we could talk about But we are an advice podcast. And so I want to shift it over to quick tips, right? So this is kind of that segment where I will give you a random combination of like themes or topics. And I want you to give the people a quick tip about this thing. So think like in a tweet kind of vibe. What is your tip about this topic? So the first topic question that I'm going to throw out you is planning a trip. What is a quick tip for when you want to plan a trip? Um, every city has walking tours. So, um, and they're, they're free walking tours. So 
every city I've been to, they offer that. So literally Google free walking tour, blank, whatever city you're going to go to in, you know, the language that you speak, and then go sign up for a free walking tour, do it the first day that, that you're there, but always put that into your plan. You know, the city, um, you know, the city likes the back of your hand, you get quick history facts in, in case you're not a buff to go to mm-hmm. the museum, but you still go informed. And that's a perfect way if you're solo traveling to meet other people who are also new to the space and figuring out like what everybody's doing in that time frame that you're there. That's a pro tip. I'm going to retweet that tip. <laughs> um, something that actually someone asked me to talk about. So I'm going to throw it in here to quick tips in a tweet. What is worth spending on souvenir wise? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, um, the best things to spend your money on is, is something that engages with your senses. So think, think food, think sense. So if you can get a perfume that is, um, that is like known to include sense of the place that you're there, or whether it be like olive oils or um, something that is like a known spice or ingredient, something that you know um, that you can have good use out of. Um, I, I say this because souvenirs are one that like, you know, nobody's experienced it but you. So mm-hmm. when you go, like you get to extend the trip in for you if the souvenirs for you. Or you can bring your friend or your family to that place by transporting them in a sensory way. So always choose something that deals with the senses, not just a magnet. That's actually a really great tip. I love olive oils. Italy put me onto that to like, oh, olive oil could be a a souvenir. Something that I do, this is definitely not the pro tip, but something that I do is I like useful souvenirs, right? So I was showing Laisa before I got this little knickknack because I have this like windowsill next to where I have my uh, work from home set up. And so I just always have like little things that I put on here, but mm-hmm. I don't buy knickknacks often, but I was like, I want a blue dome, right? Um, but in general, the useful souvenirs that I typically use are big t-shirts because I sleep in them. And then it's always a conversation starter if I'm meeting people and I'm just like out on a big t-shirt and jeans, right. And they're like, Oh, I love Joshua tree. It's like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> Never been, but I have the shirt. Um, or honestly hats. Um, even though New York is not sunny all the time or even hot all the time in the summer, I wear hats. Like it's my business. Um, because I need to cover my face from the sun. Cause it's just a lot. So things that are useful to you, right. Or if you're someone who collects, They have beautiful ceramic hand painted things everywhere. And so, you know, those are kind of my quick tips for that. I love that. And then we spoke a lot about traveling solo as a woman um, and the discomfort that can come with that, but also the safety. So just in general, right, um, regardless of gender, what is kind of your quick tip about safety while traveling? Um, I think definitely like this is this kind of goes into planning but um definitely use google maps um like walking feature to your advantage 
I always like to see what's around me like in the Airbnb because it doesn't let you know that like on the site um, and if you're going to a new city you don't know like what's near you so definitely like put that little yellow man on the map and like walk the streets before you even get there um, get familiar with like what's around you because that will as whether it's a woman or just anyone that'll let you know if you're in a taxi and it's going the wrong way you actually know it's going the wrong way because you've seen the area and you know you've familiarized yourself with where you should be so definitely like factor that into your planning or your layover do a quick little you know 360 around do a little walk around the block virtually um see see your surroundings so you can get a sense of the layout um mental preparation is always best safety wise that's a pro tip i'm gonna retweet that again <laughs> um well with that we are going to officially wrap it up so i want to say thank you so much for joining me it was lovely to like legitimately catch up with you and talk <laughs> all things travel um you know i've been following you on your nomadic escapades and i'm obsessed and so I know that you were talking about really now shifting into like intentional content creation for people to see kind of the beauty in which you experience the world. So where can people find you? Any final thoughts that you want to put out into the world about traveling or just in general? Um, Everyone can find me on Instagram at lie.meets.world. And follow me there for my content. Um, definitely like check out my highlights page to see where I've been. If you want any recommendations or feel free to DM me if you want a curated travel tip. Um, if you have an upcoming trip and want to get a lay of the land, let me know. Um, and yeah, when it, when it comes to travel, I, I think I really want to just build I I want to build like my mantra of traveling behind prioritizing rest um especially for women of color um Mm. because we're often left out of that conversation and um with rest comes exploration even if it's in your back backyard we talked about that earlier in this podcast so very much you can expect from me a lot more content um not just like in another country but in cities that are either you know near you or cities that you've been wanting to go to uh, I'll give you the real tea always um I love it I am definitely planning a lot more domestic travel in my future um just to just expose the beauty that there is in in my backyard whether it be in Austin in New York City or other cities along my path so definitely follow my journey there. Um, I definitely want um, Black women to be more a part of the digital nomad conversation. Um, It's a very strong emerging market, um, but it's very hard to be nomadic in general, especially as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know I released this reel about like downsizing my wardrobe and it's something that like I am often thinking about it's just like how do I how do I pack light when I love options like yep make it make sense um 
So I'm tackling that problem. I want as much advice as I can get from people who have tackled that problem, if y'all have any. Um, but definitely as I find solutions, I'll be like letting letting my girls know like how to release themselves either from the shackles of they need options or trying to squeeze those options in a very limited bag. Yes. Um, but <laughs> regardless, um, Black women, women of color in general, we will be a part of just like this emerging market come hell or high water like we always are um, and making us, you know, making a seat at the table um, for that, because I really do feel like that market is reimagining how labor works, how work is, and they're, it's reimagining rest and it's reimagining um, exploration. And we deserve to be a part of that. We deserve to be not just like playing catch up years later, um, figuring out how everyone else is doing it, but doing it along with the waves. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to follow that wave and, you know, everyone follow my journey as I figure it out. And if y'all are trying to figure it out too, you can support each other. So I cool. love that. Wow. What a beautiful way to wrap this up. Um, Y'all will definitely see a crossover episode, AKA our lives where we interact again uh, soon when baby girl is back in New York and you absolutely will catch me in Austin because it Come looks through. cute. It really, Come she looks through. cute. And so now I want to go. Um, so <laughs> weekend. She's cute. Yes. I love it. So um, I will do a weekend. So you should come with them. <laughs> yes, I love that. Honestly, we'll plan it. Joining yeah. TV club. Um, as I said again, y'all, if you want to travel EF Ultimate Break, I have a code UA Sienna X I A N N A 100 for a hundred dollars off your next trip. Uh, they have trips to Greece, which we mentioned, to Croatia, which we yeah. mentioned. They're actually launching some United States tours as well. So if you don't want to go abroad, or you're not comfortable going abroad solo. And this is again for college age people. So 18 to 29, you can go with yourself, with friends, hit me up about it. I've done it multiple times now. I really enjoy it. Um, and it's a that for a US domestic tour. Yes. Okay. It would be so cute. And it's such a great way to like make friends as an adult. Cause again, it's for the birds, but that's <laughs> coming later. So with that, Thank y'all so much for listening. Go follow Laisa. Amazing content and just like so dope. And without further ado, everyone, love and light, beautiful people.